0: Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Friday, February 4th edition of the Basement Academy. Our morning psalm is one of my favorites. There's some great language in here that keeps us attentive to many things. Um, So let me offer this by way of prayer. O Lord, the God who avenges, O God who avenges, shine forth. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Pay back to the proud what they deserve. How long will the wicked, O Lord, how long will the wicked be jubilant? They pour out arrogant words. All the evil doers are full of boasting. They crush your people, O Lord. They oppress your inheritance. They slay the widow and the alien. They murder the fatherless. They say the Lord does not see. The God of Jacob pays no heed. Take heed, you senseless ones, among the people. You fools, when will you become wise? Does he who implanted the ear not hear? Does he who formed the eye not see? Does he who disciplines nations not punish? Does he who teaches man lack knowledge? The Lord knows the thoughts of man. He knows that they are futile. Blessed is the man you discipline, O Lord, the man you teach from your law. You grant him relief from days of trouble till a pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not reject his people. He will never forsake his inheritance. Judgment will again be founded on righteousness, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Who will rise up for me against the wicked? Who will take a stand for me against evildoers? Unless the Lord had given me help, I would soon have dwelt in the silence of death. When I said, my foot is slipping, your love, O Lord, supported me. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. Can a corrupt throne be allied with you, one that brings on misery by its decrees? They band together against the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. But the Lord has become my fortress and my God, the rock in whom I take refuge. He will repay them for their sins and destroy them for their wickedness. The Lord our God will destroy them. Psalm 94 Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. We do not have to take things into our own hands but we pray our frustration, we pray our disappointment, our anger, and we ask God to set things right. Does he who planted the ear not hear? Does he who gave the eye not see? Of course God sees what's going on. We don't see how things resolve. We, we don't know how this is gonna turn out some situation, but God does. And then that wonderful, just very honest. Uh, When I said my foot is slipping, your love supported me. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. And so this notion of of, uh, blessed is the man you discipline, the one you teach me law, letting God's words shape our character, shape our experience of life, shape our thinking, shape our emotions, shape our character, our responses. And so, Lord, hear our prayer through Psalm 94. Okay, let's wrap up this week thinking about the heart, vice, and virtue. Our lives are like a garden, uprooting the the vice, planting the virtue. One framework for thinking about that would be the seven deadly sins, pride, envy, wrath, um, sloth, lust, avarice, uh, and gluttony and then laying aside alongside those uh, yesterday, looking at the Beatitudes, how there is kind of a corresponding virtue to each of uh, these um, vices, these deadly sins. Uh, To talk about virtue, we ought to at least mention, uh, it really comes out of uh, classic Greek philosophy as well, so it predates Christianity but it was certainly picked up by uh, some early Christian thinkers, Augustine uh, and others. Uh, The four cardinal virtues and the three theological virtues. Uh, If some of you have Roman Catholic background, you'll probably be a little more familiar with this language. My guess is that would have been covered uh, in Catholic high school and ethics uh, and and the like. Uh, The word cardinal, as I understand it, comes from a Latin word, cardo, which means hinge. These four cardinal virtues are the hinge. Everything depends on them. They're the source of a virtuous life, okay? Um, And I think it was, I got a little note here. Uh, Plato and Socrates were talking about these things, right? Uh, the, The doctrines of virtue, Okay, and so the four cardinal virtues are justice and prudence or wisdom, prudence, wisdom, fortitude or courage, and then temperance. There's an old-timey word, a couple old-timey words in there, right? Prudence and fortitude and temperance. And so uh, justice, we've talked a fair amount about that. Um, certainly a strong biblical word. We know that the Lord loves uh, justice and righteousness. It's the foundation of his throne. And so justice is this notion of um, being rightly ordered. Okay, so the world is rightly ordered. uh, Things are fair, they are just, they're equitable. Um, uh, There's consideration of, the needs and the parties involved. And so it's, it's often descriptive of a af- state of affairs amongst the human community. Uh, when there's protection um, afforded, uh, there's recompense. And so if somebody has been wronged, and then a just recompense. And so making sure restitution and payment is made so that somebody is uh, properly or justly cared for. And so God would have us to walk in justice. What does the Lord require but to, uh, but to love mercy, uh, act justly, and to walk humbly with our God? And so we lift that up as a virtue that ought to be in our lives. Um, prudence or wisdom um, has to do with this Capacity. We have the proverbs and elsewhere the, the the call to a wise life. It's more than just knowledge. Wisdom is grounded in the fear of the Lord and this acknowledgement of God, holding ourselves accountable. We we're we're considerate of uh, a situation of, of individuals of neighbors. And, you know we are in relationship with neighbors, and so prudence is. I'm aware of the situation, um, there is an element of certainly of, of knowledge, you know, what to do, but then how to do what to do, how to speak, when to speak, when not to speak. These are, you know, sometimes say, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be prudent to say something right now. I could say something, but you know, it might just stir things back up. So prudence has a quality of restraint Uh, attached to it but there's uh, we we talk to our kids often about situational awareness read the room okay so get in just see what's happening take take stock and that's a piece of prudence of wisdom and so we have this um uh, this call a great passage around that would be James sorry I didn't turn to that um talking about earthly wisdom which is um which is uh, envious, uh, ambitious, uh, boasting about it. uh, But um, the wisdom that comes from above is pure and then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit. So this is a a kind of prudence, captures all of this uh, together. Uh, So it's a wonderful, I I like the word prudence actually. Wisdom sometimes gets mushed out you know we're so we're so familiar with the word we don't really think about it um but prudence goes hmm let me think about that uh fortitude again like we can say courage and courage is a really good word um joshua was called to be strong and courageous so there's an element of um Strength, internal strength. We'll talk often about internal fortitude, right? I mean, that's the way we'll often use that somebody who has a capacity to bear with difficulty, adversity. Um, there, the situation may be anxiety-producing or fear-producing. There's there's some danger or some risk involved, and fortitude requires that we press on, that we don't run away. That we stand in, um, we hang in there, we trust that God is with us. That's the be strong and courageous call uh, to Joshua. And so these are times that do require a measure of fortitude, right? Um, We're living in a strange time Uh, politically, uh, we're in a pandemic, you know, there's all kinds of disagreements. And sometimes people just run from the disagreement, they run from the conflict. Fortitude would have us to hang in there and say, okay, well, I, I don't know if I agree with you on that one. Could we talk about that? And, and allow you know, some of the fear of conflict or fear of the situation or fear of being confronted or you know, to allow, you know, there, there's a fortitude necessary uh, to press through such a time as this, to, to not give way to our, our fears and our anxieties. Um, Often uncertainty is in play and, and sometimes intimidation, and so fortitude would have us to kind of slow it down in the midst of the uncertainty. What do I know? Okay, so not be overwhelmed by the unknowns, but say, okay, what do I know? What do I know of God? What do I know of how God works? How he uses adversity often to build our character. And so as we talk our way through and slow the process down, we might often find uh, some of that strength. C.S. Lewis picks up wonderfully on this in the Narnia series. Um, The courage that uh, Aslan breathes into the children. Um, and the courage, um, this great line from the last book, The Last Battle, let us go and see the adventure that Aslan is sending us. Such a courageous and uh, wise, and, and, and uh, but full of fortitude. We know Aslan is good. We know God is good. <laughs> and so if this thing is set upon us, if this is a moment of trial, let us meet the trial. Let us not run from the trial, let us meet the adversity and lean into it. And so fortitude is one of those cardinal virtues from that comes um, um, character, (laughs) we'll say it that way. Uh, The last uh, of the cardinal virtues would be temperance, sometimes known as self-control, one of the fruits of the spirit. We're gonna talk about that in just a second, but the fruit of the spirit and so it has temperance has this sense of restraint why I like temperance the word temper is in there temper is like boy he's got a temper all of us have a temper the question is can we regulate our temper you know we might say it's temperate outside you know so it's kind of you know 70 degrees but temperature right so it's really hot really cold and so applied to the character, applied to our lives. Temperance is an ability to regulate. If I'm getting hot, I can kind of cool myself down. If I'm wanting to be really cold, I can just kind of hang in there and just kind of come back. I'm not going to shut down. I'm going to stay engaged. I'm not going to let my emotions overrule me. This is what temperance is. Self-control. Um, we can abstain from we can exercise discretion, you know, whether I ought to have another, you know, whether it be food, be it drink, be it some other, um, and so it does often have to do. You could also of controlling one's appetites. Uh, so we're kind of intersecting with gluttony and some of these these other things. Um, and so uh, the ability to deny oneself, Jesus talked about that, right? Uh, he who would be my disciple must learn to pick up the cross, deny themselves. We must not give in to our every whim, our every desire, our every wish. We must be temperate. And so there is this uh, exercise temperance. So the four cardinal virtues and then the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. Of course, we get from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Um, these three abide: faith, open love. But the greatest of these is love. And so, faith—that capacity to trust, to believe, to embrace, to take God at His word—to—to um, to see beyond what can be seen. We walk by faith, not by sight. Uh, faith believes in a promise. Um, God's uh, character it, God is good and so I cannot see that goodness at this moment I, there's adversity and, and trial coming my way but I know God is good I will believe and so faith you know lays hold of the truth uh, even when uh, there are unseen realities um, there, there's a seen reality and an unseen so faith lays hold of that unseen reality it's the assurance of things not seen and hoped for um uh faith hope uh, hope is again not simply wishful thinking about the future but it's a confidence in the future based on the goodness of god it, it's not uh blind hope it, but it's it's proven hope god has been faithful god the creator of heaven and earth a god who who sends uh, the sun and the rain the god who changes the seasons but changes them the same way every year there's a steadiness and a faithfulness to god God has promised to Abraham. God fulfilled that promise to Abraham. We see our hopes are fixed on on and in Jesus Christ, rightly. And so hope is this positive regard for the future, a a sense of things are going to be well. All will be well. All will be well. All manner of things will be well. Um, Was that Julian of Norwich? This sense, not just well, everything happens for a reason. It, th- th- everything does happen for a reason. And hope says, you know, God is working all things for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. So if I'm in the midst of the trial, my hope is fixed. It's, it's, it, there's an anchor for my soul, uh, we read in uh, Hebrews. So hope is this living now with a confidence of a good ending to the story even if that story may, that good ending, may take a while to get to. Love is the greatest virtue, uh, the laying down of our lives, uh, the giving, the self-sacrifice, uh, uh, we see uh, the, the, the greatest expression of that, obviously, in Jesus Christ. Okay, so the, the, the theological virtues, I think we're familiar with those. The cardinal virtues, maybe less familiar. Cultivating a virtuous life, so laying a song alongside the Beatitudes, let us pursue these virtues as well. As we hear them, as we, there's something just talking about them inspires us internally, doesn't it? I, des- I desire to be a, a person of temperance and prudence and fortitude and, you know, justice and faith, hope, and love. I mean, I want to be this kind of person. Um, I hope you do too. <clears throat> uh, let me, I want to close here and this will be kind of our hinge to uh, what we're going to talk about next week as we get down to the hands, okay? So head, heart, hand. Uh, In Galatians chapter five, Paul writes this. So I say, live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. That is the flesh, okay? For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature they are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, the sinful nation, nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And so it's a wonderful passage. I've made the reference to the fruit of the Spirit going back to um, maybe what two weeks ago. I am the vine, you are the branches. It is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. What fruit? This fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit's Indwelling in us and transforming us into a person of love and joy and peace and patience, etc. And so there's a contrast. I put flesh here, which is really the technical Greek term. So the flesh, again, that that autonomous spirit that that abides in us that we inherit um, from Father Adam. And it it finds expression through our bodies, through our physical flesh, through our hands, our eyes, our ears, you know, our appetites. So the flesh and the spirit are opposed to each other. They're in conflict with each other, Paul says. The autonomous life that we that, is, that, that derives from that sin, taking the knowledge of good and evil. I will know good and evil. I will determine good and evil. I will sit in judgment on God, on other people. I will justify my actions. I will do what I want, when I want, where I want. And Paul details those, the works of the, of the flesh or the acts of the sinful nature. Sexual immorality, there's the lust. I'll do whatever I want with anybody I want whenever. Impurity and debauchery. Okay, that the, I I'm just going to give myself to uh, uh, fulfilling my senses, idolatry and witchcraft. Okay, so I'm going to worship whatever I want. Nobody's going to tell me. Uh, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, the sense of I'm against other people who don't agree with me, and I'm going to tell them off. And so all of that. So Paul he contrasts, he doesn't just say that the flesh and spirit are reposed, but then he, he, he kind of enumerates several works of the flesh. These are not the only works of the flesh, but these are works of the flesh. And then you contrast that with the fruit of the spirit. You know, in contrast to fits of rage, you have patience. Uh, in, in, cont- in contrast to, to discord and hatred, you have gentleness. And so there's these contrasts. So the same way vice and virtue laid next to each other, whether it's the seven deadlies and the cardinal virtues or the beatitudes, there are contrasting lives. (laughs) And it's just this simple. And so God would have us to be people who pursue a life of character, this character of Christ, that we would pursue these virtues, we would try to build them into our lives, plant them deeply, we would meditate upon them, we would examine ourselves on how we can grow and mature in this way. And so Paul begins this little passage by um, uh, uh, live by the Spirit. So we live by the Spirit of God. That's where our life in Christ comes from. We don't see Jesus and so we apprehend him by faith. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit now moves our hearts to embrace Jesus and that same spirit then um, enables us to understand the word of God and that it, 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 it shapes us and inspires us to want to do the, the, uh, the will of God. And so a new spirit has been given to us. And so we, we rightly, since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Let us walk with the spirit. Let us follow where the spirit leads. And the spirit and the word of God are always working together. And so if a, a passage of scripture calls us to something challenging, well, the spirit will empower that. He who dwells within you will enable us to do far more than we could ever ask or imagine. God is at work within us to will and do his good pleasure, and so we are cooperating with, co-operating. My will operating with the will of God, both of these coming together to fashion such a life of character, a Christ-like character. So want well, to kind of close this out here. So this is, this is talking about the heart, the interior of our lives, the, the center of our lives, the source of our lives. Guard your heart above all things. I read that today in, in our morning Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, uh, 423. I just read that a little bit ago. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And so we must to, to go read this passage in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 25 for yourself Might be worth meditating on and acknowledging you know some of these works of the flesh acts of the sinful nature are they're in all our lives maybe some more than others and then to pray god to have his spirit bear this fruit in our lives just we can pray the fruit of the spirit lord lord make me a person of love and joy and peace lord cause that fruit and then look out, you're going to have situations where those things then have an opportunity to come forth, okay? The person who prays for patience usually gets frustrating experiences, because that's how patience forms, right? (laughs) So, anyway, uh, let's close out here, close the week out, and we will pick up again on Monday. Father, thank you uh, for those uh, wise forebears of ours that have identified uh, wisdom and courage and moderation temperance and justice these these wonderful virtues thank you for the gifts of faith hope and love and may these be born in greater measure in our lives through your holy spirit help us to to work against the flesh and to keep in step with your spirit now and forever and so Lord, we offer this prayer for ourselves for our loved ones uh, our our spouses and children and grandchildren uh, that your people might rise up and 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 show forth the, the love and character of Jesus Christ in whose name we pray and who taught us to pray together saying our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever Amen. Well, may God watch over you, keep you, bless you, shape you, form you into the very uh, likeness and character of his son now and forevermore. Amen.